Welcome. You're listening to the You're a Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work Amazing Podcast. Episode 36 Reasons Why You're an Underachiever. Do you feel like you're not reaching your full potential? Well, most people feel they're not. Struggling to achieve your goals is nothing new. Surveys are always showing us that 90% of people who set New Year's resolutions never actually achieve them. Resolutions usually involve going to the gym more often or taking up new hobbies or losing weight and eating healthily. However, in the world of work, it's a very similar trend. People occasionally find themselves lacking in ambition and struggling to overcome obstacles, and it could be that the goals people are setting aren't realistic. Well, it also could be your workplace. Why do we always think that we're the ones to blame when we don't meet our goals, meet targets, and get overlooked? I'm going to give you four main reasons why actually it might not be you, but it could be your boss. Number one, IOU syndrome. And by IOU, I mean invisible, overlooked, and undervalued. IOU. In my experience as an occupational psychologist, I encounter many people who have great talent and potential. However, they haven't been recognised or seen by the one or two key leadership people within their organisation. And that means they get held back because they're not in favour with a couple of people who are the gatekeepers to success and, and, and being acknowledged and, and seen in that organisation. I find that IOU syndrome is a real big problem in many um, pyramid organisations. The solution, the solution for this can be quite simple. It can involve looking for new opportunities rather than waiting around, waiting to be discovered in an organisation where if you're overlooked now, you're probably going to be overlooked in six months' time. So be active. Don't be invisible. Don't allow yourselves to be overlooked. And don't allow yourself to be undervalued by those few measly gatekeepers. Go round them, go over them, go through them, go under them. Do what you've got to do to be seen by other people who matter. Number two, excessive self-criticism. Okay, being self-critical is a natural part of professional and career development. But we sometimes develop excessive levels of self-criticism, as well as negative attitudes towards what we're capable of. We're very likely to be bad at taking compliments. When someone says that was a great piece of work, we tend to say, oh, I got lucky, I looked out, somebody else dropped the ball, I was there, right place, right time. But what we should really say is, yeah, it was. And you know what? If you trust me to do X, I'll do X for you. So let's not be negative, let's not be humble. One of the greatest things I've seen from overseas students and when I've interviewed overseas staff for jobs from the continent or from America or from Australia is that they're very good at taking credit for when they've done things well and they're very good at saying this is what I am great at, this is what I excel at and in the UK we're pretty lousy at that. So don't be excessively self-critical. And we need to remind ourselves as workers that self-criticism doesn't really help anybody and it won't help you reach your full potential. 
I also remember that many leaders and people in leadership positions tell me that they like to see how workers, quote, bounce back from adversity and, quote, how they cope with tough times. Well, that's great if you're a leader putting people through their paces and running people through mazes like rats, but it's not so great if you're a worker. And I think at the moment the atmosphere is that workers don't want to tolerate these kinds of macho tests anymore. They want to be hired to do a job and have a reasonable chance of development and promotion by showing off to their employers what they're good at. We don't want to be treated like works in progress who have to fail five times and handle it well before we're given a chance to, to develop. So let's avoid all those macho games that management play. Number three, sticking too rigidly to goals. Believe it or not, being too rigid in your goals and outlook can probably result in you not actually achieving your goals. Of the so-called 20% of people who set goals for themselves, 70% of those fail to achieve them. Shut up already! Damn! This is often because they follow them so rigidly that following the goals becomes a grind and they lose sight of the bigger purpose of the goal. The goal is there to let your workplace see how good you are and let you do more wonderful, great things and get more recognition and get more money or whatever it is you want. The goal is not the end game. So I think there really is a case here to be said that you should take your eyes off the prize, the immediate prize, and focus on the longer term prize. Goal setting is important and it can work for some people in the workplace, but some people prefer to be more responsive and flexible. And having goals can be good as long as they don't lead to overly rigid thinking or people missing out on valuable opportunities and experiences because it doesn't match with their goals right now. Many organisations operate in ways that are spontaneous and, let's be honest, sometimes shambolic. And they require flexible workers that can work within that framework and shine. Workplaces are constantly messing up or being blindsided by things they didn't see were coming. And if you're a flexible member of staff, that's your opportunity to forget your goals and do something new and show how good you can be. So being flexible in your goals can allow you to showcase your other talents and enhance the ones you've already got. Number four, finally, you're being busy, too busy. You find yourself filling your days with menial tasks or comforting routines, and that could be a big reason why you're not reaching your full potential. For some people, looking busy, or busy work as we used to call it in school, is an avoidance technique and it's a common problem. It can be tempting to become part of the process and be seen to be the one who keeps the shop running in order to be viewed as useful, whilst other people go and do fun things or have longer breaks or go to, you know, wonderful great meetings, but you like to be the one who's reliable, who keeps the shop running. Well, chances are you're going to be IOU'd again because people will take you for granted. So being useful can often come at the expense of your own career development and acquiring new skills. So a periodic review and reflection of the responsibilities you have and the skills you've got can help. And there's no harm in seeing such performance as a transaction that could be rewarded later on. If you're always being expected to keep the shop running, well, say to management, I can do that, but this comes at an expense. Some of the most successful people in workplaces I've found 
tend to be those who are good at being selfish. I don't mean being horrible and mean and nasty to other people, but they know when to be selfish with a small s, and to put themselves first instead of always putting their colleagues or the business or customers first. So know when to be a little bit selfish, and you may reap the rewards for it. Be selfish, but don't be horrible. So remember, if you're not achieving your potential, stop, pause, have a look around, but don't be so quick to blame yourself. It might be the organisation and not you. You've been listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it might just work, amazing podcast. Hope it's been helpful. I hope it's been useful. Bye-bye.